In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for With your permission, Lord Jesus Christ, truly present with us in the Blessed Sacrament. During these days of Lent, the Christian vocation comes more to the fore of our mind and heart. And we're invited to bring to prayer the model of every Christian vocation. The first model being the Blessed Mother. And right after her is her husband and the adoptive father of our Lord Jesus Christ, St. Joseph. In today's gospel, and we've heard it a second time, if I'm not mistaken, Jesus raises a very high bar. And he says, you must be perfect as my heavenly Father is perfect. And essentially what Jesus is saying, you must be be a replica of myself because Jesus is the mirror image of God the Father. He is the revelation of God the Father's love. Our Lord raises such a high bar that in a certain sense it's technically impossible to reach the standards he presents to us. But on the other hand, would he issue a command that we cannot approach, that would not apply? And that perfection is on the order of love for God and love for others. And St. Luke gives more detail of this admonition. Be perfect as my heavenly Father is perfect. St. Luke says, be compassionate as my heavenly Father is compassionate or merciful. Depends on the translation. Who got, who approached this goal? in a way that no one else had. I would say there's two human beings. First, Our Lady, and then St. Joseph. He's the one who approached this the closest. So it's a description of Joseph. No one enjoyed so much compassion so much mercy than the adopted father 
of our Lord, the husband of Mary. And we ask our Lord, because we're talking about your father, Lord, help us penetrate this role model for the whole church. But I would say a role model for the laity. And it's very interesting to note that the greatest saint after Mary and the greatest male saint was not a priest. He was not a hermit. He was not a monk. He never founded an institution. He never founded an order. The greatest saint was enwrapped with ordinariness. His sphere of influence was his workplace, his friends, his neighbors. In fact, his life was so ordinary that it kind of obscured this highest level of love for God and love for others. Because it was expressed in very as a carpenter, as a family man, as a dad, as a husband, as a buddy. They loved him. He was super attractive. But because things were so ordinary, it wouldn't occur to anybody that he is the all-star when it comes to holiness. Lord, you want us to reflect that this greatest saint has no recorded words in the gospel. The gospel describes him, but he's not quoted. The Holy Spirit did not inspire any writer to quote St. Joseph. And we asked that question, Lord, well, why? It would have been nice to get something, you know, some pearl of wisdom out of Joseph. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, a treatise, but, you know, a little something. Maybe a joke. Maybe some words of discipline of the, to, to the Son of God, since he's human just like we are. He needed formation. He needed education. He needed correction. That's part of being a man. But no recorded words. And we could take the liberty to put words in our Lord's mouth. And we could safely imagine our Lord telling us, I want to drive home. That ordinariness is not an obstacle to a very high level of being a disciple a very high level of discipleship. The very best I have to offer you in terms of witness was in the same circumstances as you, with, with problems arising as well, where Joseph's faith had to be severely tested. My, without 
the grace of, of faith, of practical faith, if I have a vision of an angel, you know, and, you know, my wife is pregnant, you know, it's not, he doesn't appear to me, I'm sleeping, I'm, you know, I'm having a vision, I'm perplexed because I know my fiance and in terms of purity, in terms of charity, in terms of holiness, she's off the charts. He knew that. Now she's with child. Usually, that involves human intervention. In fact, it always involved human intervention except for one instance. And the angel says, well... This is, the intervention was divine of the Holy Spirit. And he accepts it. And believes it. And by the way, he's that son, you're going to adopt him. He happens to be the savior of the world. He's the Messiah. And Mary elaborated, after all she was his wife, of what occurred in the Annunciation. So Joseph had, had a, the most important mission in the universe. Very similar to Mary's. Mary's mission in the universe was to get the Son of God into the world. She was the greatest evangelizer because she brought our Lord into the world. And Joseph did the same thing. He got him ready for the world. So they both had the mission of bringing our Lord into the world. Joseph trained our Lord for his public life. I mean, you can't have it both ways. Either he's like us in everything but sin, or he, or he isn't like us in everything but sin. Scripture says he was like us in everything like sin, which means he had to learn from his father. He was homeschooled. Everything he said, he learned from his father, his insights, his way of describing different human situations, giving examples of, of farming, of building, of planting, of how seeds germinate and equating the germination of seeds with the kingdom of God. The way he, even the way our Lord learned charity, which is kind of a mystery. I mean, here, here is the incarnation of love. But on a human level, to, to learn human charity, the rudiments of good manners, of, of gestures of kindness, of how to be a friend, it's all Joseph. And then we can, again, put words in our Lord's mouth. I don't have to, you don't have to, Read quotes from Joseph. Just look at the Son of God's humanity, and that's Joseph. There it is. That's his father. You know, because every human being, you know, we're different than robins. A robin, just by being a robin, knows how to make a nest. You know, a dog doesn't have to be trained to run after a bone. It's instinct. Um... An animal doesn't have to learn where to find food. But a human being is totally blank. A human being needs training. He needs to learn a language. He needs to learn v virtue. There's nothing infused in a human being.
So that's fascinating. I mean, perfect God and perfect man, at the same time, a man and a woman brought him into the world. Mary, through her conception of Jesus, and Joseph, through his education and formation. St. Matthew says, and it's a very loaded word in the Old Testament, he was a just man. He was a just man, he was a husband, he wasn't famous, well, he was a descendant of David. You may say, well, that's pretty good, but David lived a thousand years before Joseph. So it's kind of, you know, as if you were, you know, I don't know what your, your buddies would say. Listen, I'm a descendant, where, you know, a remote descendant of William the Conqueror. Okay. <laughs> you know, okay, fine. You know, or I think, you know, I could be traced back to Richard the Lionhearted. I don't think we're scored too much points by saying that. I don't think we're going to impress too many people. So he didn't have... He, he didn't give speeches. He wasn't a governor. He wasn't the mayor. He, he wasn't a rabbi. He was a dad. And the gospel tells us that Nazareth was not exactly a sprawling metropolis. It was the only town, that's what they say, it's one of the few towns that was, is never mentioned at all in the Bible well, until Jesus came. So it was a tiny town. And he has to leave for Egypt. He has to leave his place of work. He has to leave his friends. He has to leave his family. And, he do, and he's faithful. He's totally faithful. He could have said, listen, if he's the Messiah of the world, what are we doing running away? Shouldn't God preserve his life if he's going to save the world? And so he's faithful. And he believes, even though he doesn't understand What does just man mean, though, in the Old Testament? It means you're holy. It means you're noble. It means you're fair with people. It means you're merciful. It means you're pious. It's, it's, as I said, it's loaded. Very much a man of the world, but not a worldly man. And very much part of the world. We... Go to the gospel again, and now Jesus goes public. Uh, he was never a lector at synagogue service, apparently. You know, I'm not denigrating being a lector. I, I appreciate some, you know, people who volunteer to be a lector, uh, as long as they could pronounce those tough Hebrew words that emerge once in a while in the Old Testament. And so apparently he wasn't a lector because he, he read Isaiah and commented on Isaiah. And what was, the big com what was the commentary? It was a criticism, but for us, there's a lot of light. He's just Joseph's son. He's the carpenter's son. That's what one scriptural passage says. And so Joseph is really known as a professional. He's known as a carpenter. Another gospel passage says he's just Mary's son. He's, isn't he the son of Mary? Why, why is he 
reading and commenting. He's just the son of Mary. Little do they know that she's going to be queen of heaven and earth, but that's for later. And then the rap against him, another gospel passage, said he's the carpenter. So Joseph was known as the carpenter. In those days, you didn't specialize much. You made farming instruments, you made furniture, you built houses, you built fabricated doors, etc. You had a whole gamut of experience. Lord, what does it mean to be the greatest saint? I mean, I don't know. We all have our, our, our favorite saints. Probably our collective favorite saint maybe is Mother Teresa. I mean, how can you not see her as a, one of your favorite saints? And it doesn't get better than that. Selflessness and compassion. Now, we can't fit it. We can't, but, but it's true. It's, it's what the church teaches. And we'll try to satisfy our faith with some reasoning. Mother Teresa falls way short of the holiness, of, of the compassion of St. Joseph. Is that incredible? Here she would scoop up sick, infected people afflicted with infectious insects giving off a stench. She'd hold them as if she were holding a bag of gold. Her compassion fell, fell short in comparison to Joseph's. Even though his compassion was expressed as a carpenter, as a husband to his friends, to the sick in Nazareth perhaps. One of my favorites is Saint Jose Maria. It's Paul VI said, one of the saints that responded most to the charisms he received and responded to all of them in a heroic way. He called St. Jose Maria a saint to his face and put St. Jose Maria into a depression, put him into a funk. He told Blessed Alvaro at that time, what's the matter? Why you look a little, you just saw the Pope, now you look kind of serious. He's, well, you know, I don't want to talk about it. He's, oh, come on, what, what happened? He's, well, he, he said I was a saint and I think I deceived him completely. I, 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 I deceived the Holy Father. Well, his sanctity falls short of, of St. Joseph. Padre Pio, who would hear confessions 18 hours a day and was... Shedding the blood of shedding blood because he had this mystical grace called the stigmata, way short of Saint Joseph. And we bow our heads and say, Lord, I don't get it. But Lord, help me to get it a little bit. Because my I need faith and reason have to always mesh. Our faith is not total darkness. Let's look at it. Lord, why is your father way beyond these great saints recognized by the church, these great evangelizers, these models of compassion? How is this possible? 
And our, our Lord will tell us. Joseph, you know, the church doesn't teach that, that he was immaculately conceived, but Joseph had a role nobody else had, not even Our Lady, especially given the culture of that time. When a boy would reach a certain age, he would kind of be removed from his mom and, hang, and be, be under the tutelage of his father. And our Lord, St. Joseph, received all the graces necessary to witness holiness for Jesus Christ. And then we can say, well, come on, you're going too far here. He's, he's God. He's a man, though. And the gospel very much says he's a man, that he grew in grace and stature before God and man. If you're a man, you, you can't have it both ways. You need training. You, you need a, a, a frame of reference. And so Joseph was called to give good example to the Son of God made man. Not to sound silly, but as you know, we, we don't want to rob our Lord of his humanity. And our Lord pulled all nighters in prayer. I think I could safely say he learned that from Joseph. Yes, he's God. There's certain perks when you're God. Uh, but he learned that, he saw that from Joseph, he saw that in his mother. This withdrawal to the mountain. And being a carpenter, you were a very busy man. And if you were very fair and you were very just and compassionate to the poor, which was the majority of the population, you were one busy carpenter. And our Lord's penchant for the sick. The sick have prominent roles in the gospel. I think we could safely say his father had that soft spot and his mother for the sick. You, he learned from his parents. He learned from Joseph. Lord, it boggles the mind. And, and what's the bottom line that we need devotion to St. Joseph because my vocation is his vocation. And how, to, and how is he heroic? Well, being known as a carpenter, uh, the greatest commandment is to love God whole heart, whole mind, whole soul, whole strength. He loved God with whole heart, whole mind, whole strength as a carpenter. He tried his very best and he made his carpentry the best. And his carpentry was a medium to serve people. His work was a medium of prayer. His work was a medium of sacrifice. His work was a medium of charity towards others. And as time went by, and it's his namesake, in St. Josemaria's life, he more and more was devoted to St. Joseph. And let me just read a few words from 
St. Josemaria. For Jesus must have resembled Joseph in his way of working, in the features of his character, in his way of speaking. Jesus' realism, his eye for detail, the way he sat at table and broke bread, his preference for using everyday situations to give doctrine, all this reflects his childhood and the influence of Joseph. And our Lord will tell us, you know plenty of my father, just read my public life, like father, like son. Lord, you're telling me, don't underestimate the loving me in the ordinary. It's good enough for my mom and dad. What's kind of interesting as we talk about St. Joseph and pray about St. Joseph and pray to St. Joseph, these modern saints had a lot of devotion to Joseph. Uh, one modern saint is St. John Paul. And, you know, we ooh and ah over his sanctity and the extraordinary work of evangelization off the charts. It's going to be hard to reach that record of evangelization. Must never, never forget his dad, St. John Paul, talks a lot about his dad. His mom died when he was a young, young boy. And his dad formed him, taught him how to pray, taught him how to work, taught him how to love. And these are reflections of Joseph. Joseph's in the background. The center of attention is Jesus. But we can't forget that role he played. And for that reason, if I'm not mistaken... He canonized, maybe it was Benedict, but you know, he got the ball rolling. The mom and dad of one of the more recent doctors of the church, Saint Therese. Magnificent saint, a saint of the ordinary as well, even though she was a nun, but still her her sanctity, the expression of her holiness was confined to a small convent in a small town in France, Lisieux. And her dad and her mom was the, were the forces behind the scene of their sanctity. So you can almost say, well, you know, this great evangelizer, St. John Paul, well, it's Mr. Wojtyla who's behind all that. It wouldn't have been possible without Mr. Wojtyla. And St. Jose Maria, who keeps touching the lives of thousands and thousands, if not millions of people. The patron saint of the ordinary, a reflection of Joseph as well. Singing always the praises of his dad, the influence of his dad. And so you could say, well, the way... All these vocations, religious vocations, vocations to be holy, these conversions, vocations to Opus Dei, vocations to the priesthood, vocation. 
Good job, Mr. Mr. Escriva. Mr. Escriva is behind that. Saint Jose Maria wouldn't be Saint Jose Maria unless Mr. Escriva gave him that wonderful witness of holiness and formation. We could take a pick or pick. A lot of these contemporary saints refer to their fathers. And Saint Jose Maria will say, maybe speaking about himself, that 90% of our Christian vocation is traced back to our mother and father. Let's wind down our prayer and finish up again with some considerations from Saint Jose Maria. A master of interior life. He took that from St. Teresa of Avila, who had devotion to St. Joseph as master of interior life. A master of interior life, a worker deeply involved in his job. God's servant in continual contact with Jesus. That is Joseph. Go to Joseph. With St. Joseph, the Christian learns what it means to belong to God and fully to assume one's place among men, sanctifying the world. Get to know Joseph, and you will find Jesus. Talk to Joseph, and you will find Mary, who always sheds peace about her in that attractive workshop of Nazareth. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation, I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.